This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Over 500 for the first time this season and doing it against the top dogs in the conference, Sans Kyle Lowry, 110 to 103. Immense, immense performances from Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, Trey Boucher, Chris Boucher himself. You know, it's short of a defensive masterclass. That's too strong a term to use for Aaron Baines' defense on Joel Embiid, but he was great tonight as well, especially when they were zoning up and he just got to put a body on Embiid when he came into his uh, his area. They they played to their strengths. The game plan was very, very strong in this one. And when the Raptors were faltering, their stars genuinely were there to pick them up. It was a very impressive game, fitting for the Raptors shortly after they've captured their form, returned to 500 to do it with an exclamation point type of win against these 76ers who have been a wholly impressive team so far this year and deservedly the top dogs in the East. This is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk. And tonight, it calls for celebration. Not not a huge celebration or anything, but you should feel pretty damn good about your Toronto Raptors. The fade for Cade movement is officially dead, I would say. I was hoping to celebrate being above 500 a little sooner into the season rather than 31 games, but you take what you can get. The Eastern Conference is topsy-turvy. The Celtics are 15-15, and so the Raptors have surpassed the Celtics, if you can believe it or not, and they're four games out of the first seed in the East. Now, I don't think they're going to get to the first seed or anything like that, and I still don't think this getting back on track makes them you know, a top-tier contender or anything like that, but... They're certainly a lot closer to the team that everybody thought they would be this year. And having Pascal, Fred, Boucher in this one, man, those guys led the team. The 76ers almost shot double the amount of free throws. I think it was 35 to 18. The Raptors overcome that the same way you would overcome you know, a difference in three-point shooting. Because I think maybe there were a couple tough calls going towards the Raptors in this one. Joel Embiid has the benefit of a superstar whistle. Yes, I think the Raptors playing small most of the game, at least a decent part of it, they were forced to foul Joel Embiid in particular, but Ben Simmons when he was out on the break. And just that's 
that's how you guard those guys when you're not big enough is you kind of have to slap at them, make sure that they don't get an end one. And so, yes, the, the 76ers shot a lot of free throws, but I didn't think that was unfair or anything. But it is something the Raptors overcame. That's impressive when they've doubled you up. 35 free throws. It's a lot of free throws. 18 for the Raptors. Not so much. So shot making. And chief among them, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, 23 points each, both shooting around 45% from the floor. But maybe most importantly was the sense of timing and grit with which they performed. And then on top of that baseline of, okay, hardy, offensive, work-a-day type of performance you're getting, Chris Boucher comes in and just absolutely torches the 76ers from downtown. He was 5 of 6, by the way. And they started running their center. Their center, Chris Boucher, they started running him off flare screens above the break to get him open for three. If that doesn't let you know how wild Boucher was in this game, and so rangy defensively as well, and he's always going to be a role threat, but with his minutes paired up against Dwight Howard a lot of the time in this game, and even if they weren't against Joel Embiid, two drop bigs, Boucher was just popping back out, and so he was abusing them in the pick and pop, and then when they started crowding above the break actions, the Raptors just sent a guy to back screen or set a flare screen for Boucher, and he cashed a triple anyway. It was incredible. It is, it is something special to see a center like Boucher running off of screens above the break like that. It's not common, I promise you. And he should be lauded for his performance from beyond the arc. It's, it's damn impressive, for sure. Really strong start to this game for the 76ers. Obviously, the Raptors able to turn that around. But it was a good start. Embiid was too big, too strong, too much to contain. Simmons was wreaking havoc because they were overloading on Embiid and some defensive playmaking from Danny Green, uh, Penn Simmons and co. They were able to to make a lot of plays to get themselves out into transition. Simmons in particular, I think this was one of his best games of the year. I've caught, you know, six or seven 76ers games this year. And this was a really good one for Simmons. He was very, very aggressive off the bounce. He knew, and this is a big thing for a lot of guys who can attack in the air, is that they'll get up in the air and they just want to get to the bucket. They know if they come a little short, just a little touch, feel shot, they can finish like that. And Simmons, who shoots left-handed from the free throw line and as a jump shooter, he is right-handed around the rim predominantly, has a nice little floater, has a hook shot, has those touch shots. And so he was going aggressive up towards the rim, getting some buckets in this one transition, half court, what have you. And Embiid, obviously with a whole bunch of free throws in this game. And a lot of good passes, although the 76ers fell prey to the Raptors' scheme in this one. The Raptors left Tobias Harris open. You know, still with the chase, right? I think Chris Boucher blocked three, three, three-pointers in this game, which is absurd, of course. That's insane. If you had showed this type of basketball to Naismith, he might have fainted. Like, what the hell is going on here? That's what Chris Boucher does. You know, near he's like 6'10". His wingspan goes from here to Albuquerque. And he's coming off flare screens to hit three-pointers, and he's blocking three-pointers, and Naismith is like, what the hell's a three-pointer, right? Anyway, yes, the 76ers' strong start to the game. The Raptors couldn't really work out any offense. Norm Powell was missing a lot of the touch and feel shots that he usually gets around the bucket. He wasn't hitting his three-pointers either, and he was compiling a lot of turnovers as well. He's usually really great to start games. He provides the Raptors with that initial punch to get them going. 
he did not start out very well. And so the Raptors were almost exclusively reliant on Pascal Siakam iso vault to start the game, of which he was very, very proficient. And I thought I, he was impressive. I thought he, he attacked intelligently. He really kept a good account of where Embiid was. And I think Siakam knew, for the most part, he could beat his guy off the dribble if it was Tobias Harris, Danny Green, whoever. And with Simmons, who is a very, very impressive defender, Siakam was able to pull up and hit his shots when he had to. Eventually, though, and this was quite good for the Raptors, and basically the whole story of the first quarter, Fred Van Vliet scored 13 points in basically the last three minutes. Pascal Siakam got denied. The ball bounced back to him. There's like two seconds left on the shot clock. He shovels it off to Fred. Fred throws up a heave, and it goes in. And then Fred just decided to go gangbusters and start draining three after three. Somehow, after being down 22 to eight, the Raptors rapidly are up 28 to 24 after the first quarter. And if you're wondering, hey, what the hell happened there? Fred Van Vliet, for the most part, he's one of the best shooters in the league. That's a foregone conclusion. By now, he's very, very impressive. And he started looking for his own three-point shot. And he was hitting it. So 28-24, pretty good. The start of the second quarter was kind of funky. We had Powell, Baines, Bembry, Boucher, and Terrence Davis to start the second. It's very, very strange lineup. And not something the Raptors would have typically run off the start of the season. But... That's what we got. I think Baines was in for like 40 seconds of the second quarter before he got subbed out. OG went in for him. Terrence Davis had a stretch that I would consider one of his better stretches of the year. Defensive attentiveness was up there. Shot making as well. Handled the ball on the break. Had a dump off pass to Bembry for a dunk. And Bembry had three dunks in this game. All of the two hands for safety hanging on the rim like Spider-Man after of that variety, which are very, very entertaining. Big fan of Bembry. Even though this Bembry had the dunks, which are very, they're highlights, they're punctuations, of course. But overall, this game wasn't really meant for him just because of what the 76ers are able to do to make the Raptors feel uncomfortable. Offensively, Bembry isn't really a release valve in this game, just with the way the 76ers are typically able to wall off the, the rim. Now, Boucher was really impressive, I think, on Embiid and just the the 76ers front court as a whole, not just in the second half, not just because of what he was able to do offensively with the shot making, but defensively, the range was super helpful. And that was evident early on. But the second quarter, for the most part, was a win for the 76ers. They caused a lot of turnovers. They got out in transition. They finished the first half with six steals, five blocks. That gave them a lot of life, a lot of juice to get out. And Embiid and Simmons were both having a hell of a second quarter. The Raptors going through a bit of a moment where they had trouble scoring and they had trouble defending. So they overload, they foul. That was obviously a big part of this game. Second half, Bain starts. The 76ers come out pretty hot. The Raptors are loading up on Embiid as they are wont to do, as every team is wont to do, and the ball pops out. They're hitting a couple threes. They get it up to a 10-point lead. Now, Fred Van Vliet, for the second time in this game, puts the team on his back to a certain degree and leads a charge. It was immense. It was such fun basketball to watch. They snap off an 11-0 run. On the back end of it, you just have Boucher, with incredible shot making. These are the pick and pops. And on the other side of things, 
holding down defensively. Boucher, as I said, rangy, but Pascal Siakam had one of his better defensive games of the year. The way he covers the floor defensively, especially when you have to play catch up when you're doubling, he is so important to what the Raptors have to do if they want to play good defense. They've had basically four impressive defensive games in a row. Siakam has been at the heart, the center of all of those. He had a huge fourth quarter defensively against the Timberwolves, as many know. He he took that momentum into today, and he mixed it with really, really smart, really eloquent offense. I, I love the way he attacked in this one. And he, Freddie, Boucher, 11-0 run, getting it to 84-83 into the fourth quarter. They're down. So this one registers as a comeback victory, for sure, at, at a couple different junctions in this game. And then so the start of the fourth quarter was just rampant, back and forth. Boucher cans a triple. Shake Milton cans a triple. Boucher cans another one. And then Pascal takes Danny Green in isolation. You'll love to see it. They get the lead. Then Howard, a putback and one. And then OG looks like he's iced. Well, they, they ice a side pick and roll. And he just decides, Danny Green, you're in front of me. Danny Green, I don't respect your ability to defend me. I will be going, yes, right there to the hoop. And so he did. I love it. I love when OG will take guys off the dribble because he's so much stronger than basically anybody that would venture to defend him. He can bully guys. And the more confident he gets in his bully ability, the better for the Raptors. And then so this is where the Raptors ran a flare screen for Boucher. And I was like, okay, Embiid is out. The Raptors are pulling away. This is very good news because... The Raptors, you know, as it, we currently understand them, they struggle against Embiid, of course. And they have to build up a lead because you presume, or one would assume, that the 76ers have a run in them once Embiid comes back in. That didn't end up being totally true. And it's because the Raptors, after they got their lead, after they started pumping it up a little bit, which was really nice to see, and came on the back of Fred, Pascal, Boucher, Embiid comes back in. And the Raptors are still able to hold the 76ers, I think, five minutes without a field goal. Now there's free throws in there because Embiid is forcing up shots where he's getting hit on the arm. There's body fouls all the time, whether it's him going up for a rebound or just him getting fouled going for a shot. He's, he's overpowering. The Raptors have to foul him to stop him. But along with that is some grift. We're fans of the Raptors, all of us. We've watched Kyle Lowry. We're aware of what grift is. Embiid, also a fellow talented grifter. He is a, he, he's a talent at it, and he had some of that going on late in the game. But the Raptors, they kept doing their thing, score the ball, stay ahead. And sure, the 76ers, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, they go to the line, but the Raptors stick to their scheme. They say, you're going to earn it from the line. Maybe the refs don't call it. We're going to play tough defense. Or you're going to pass the ball out to one of Tobias or Curry. And the Raptors were very comfortable letting those guys shoot in this game. And for good reason, honestly, because Tobias Harris, one of nine from three. Seth Curry, who is one of the better three-pointer shooters of the past four years, two of seven. So getting a little bit lucky, obviously, but maybe less so with Tobias Harris. Well, actually, you know, Tobias Harris is like 50, 40, 90 this year. So maybe there's an element of luck, I suppose. But the Raptors, they play the scheme almost to perfection. They keep scoring. They keep the ball rolling. And they fend off the 76ers. 110 to 103. 
a super, super impressive performance. I, I was extremely happy to see this. And a lot of different guys coming in and giving, giving good performances. Matt Thomas came in for like four minutes, hit a shot. Norman Powell wasn't at his best, but he provided a smidge, a smidge of shot making, 11 points. OG's defense, super, super important. The occasional release valve, even though this wasn't a game for his three-point shot, and his three-point shot has been extremely, extremely good so far this season. It just wasn't a game for that, I guess. But his ability to get to the rim, pretty impressive. And especially late, nice to see him finish at the bucket. That's what you want to see. The Raptors cannot defend at their usual level without him. He's a big part of it. But the big three, Van Vliet, Siakam, Boucher, all great. Uh, Baines, I think, had really nice stretch of basketball. He played 29 minutes in this one. He was a plus 11. And plus minus is typically, it's not a huge barometer, especially single game. It can just direct you, okay, this guy, the team won when he was on the floor. What did he do? And you can go watch and see if it matches up. It's I wouldn't just read plus minus for reading plus minus, but it's especially impressive that a lot of Baines' minutes overlapped with Embiid and the Raptors were still able to be, you know, plus 11 in his time on the floor. Terrence Davis was a plus 32 in 25 minutes, I think. A lot of those minutes coming with Embiid off the floor, that's when the Raptors did their killing. But this was Terrence Davis's, although not his highest scoring, I would say floor game, uh, defensive uh, attentiveness, probably the best game he's played so far this year. And then Bambry, giving you the usual Bambry stuff. I mean, he shot 100% from the field. He was plus 10. And he's a good defender. The Raptors, obviously, he only played 19 minutes. He's not a huge factor in what the Raptors are trying to do attacking offensively against the 76ers defense. But he did his thing in his minutes. He doesn't cost you much, if you know what I mean. And Pascal Siakam, I mean, 40 minutes, 23 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists. Just immense. What an impressive performance from him and and Fred Van Vliet as well. Fred had some really, really nice passes in this one. There was, uh, in the pick and roll especially, where he led Baines to a dunk, OG to a dunk. And it's just, he was able to get wide and still maintain his passing lane. He was keeping track of the drop, and he was giving these guys wide open lanes to the bucket. And that was really nice to see. My favorite one was on the right side of the floor, and he had a little dribble basically a combo that he set up before finding Baines for a dunk. And it was really quite advanced. And it was him going forward, backwards to create the lane after it looked like it wasn't there. The defense gets a little bit more aggressive, popping towards him. The tag man kind of sags off because it looks like the pass isn't there anymore. And then boom, Fred finds Baines on the roll. Great manipulation. Very, very impressive from him. So yeah, love to see it. Okay. Reggie Evans Award, I, I'm i going to give it to Mr. Pascal Siakam. I thought that his work on defense was incredible and helpful on the glass. I, I loved his performance. I've talked about him lots already in this episode, so that's fine. Okay, top quick reaction comment. Lowly for Mobley, you've gotten one before, maybe even like in the past week, I think. Okay, quote, can we please give credit to Baines? He shut down that noisy fool, end quote. Okay, I'll say this. Yes, Baines credit. I've given him credit. I don't understand why people don't like Joel Embiid. Like the the arrogance or what's perceived as arrogance is like it's self-aware humor. He's he's doing an act, like he's being funny. He I don't think anybody actually dislikes the guy. He's he's being funny. 
He's just being like he's a jokester. I don't think he's actually super arrogant. Like maybe Toronto fans don't like it because he did the airplane after doing a windmill dunk in uh, what was it, game three? Yeah, I think it was game three against the Raptors. Like whatever. He, he tried. <laughs> he was he was awesome in that series. And the Raptors won. They went on to win a chip. We don't have to hold grudges against Joel Embiid, who is one of the most fun and talented players in the NBA. He's great. I love Joel Embiid. Okay. Anyway, but yes, Baines was awesome guarding him. Baines did a really, really good job. And Baines deserves tons of credit. Okay. So, that's, that's the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for tuning in, whether you got into it in the morning or at night. Have a blessed day and goodbye.